0: Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope everyone's doing well out there today. We want to continue a series we started called Following the Master, talking about what it means and what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. This past Sunday, Pastor Mel laid before us several ways that it looks like to follow Jesus Christ and It was a really practical lesson. It was really important for us to understand of what it actually looks like to follow Jesus Christ because that term following Jesus or following Christ gets thrown around a lot today and you're never really sure what people mean by that. And so the Bible is very clear if you're willing to just look. If you're willing to dig, the Bible doesn't leave you hanging over what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And so I'm not going to rehash everything Pastor Mel went over if you want to listen to that sermon, you can on our website, wyomingvalleychurch.org. But today I want to talk about why people do follow Jesus Christ, make the decision to follow It came from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. And I'm going to be honest, it's kind of a perplexing passage. It always has been. Even though I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus Christ, I've always been curious at the language in this passage, and I want to just read it now, it's not very long. In Matthew chapter 4, it says in verse 18, While walking by the sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, this is curious because of the immediacy that these people, these men, followed Jesus Christ. I don't know what they knew about Jesus up to this point. It doesn't tell us. Jesus had been on the earth for about 30 years, so he wasn't a stranger to some. But this is the first time he's calling disciples specifically to himself. And so I don't know if Jesus has a following up to this point. He wasn't, again, a stranger to the area or to the region, but probably like anybody, he would have had people that knew him and people that didn't know him. And it doesn't tell us if these people know him. It doesn't tell us if Peter and James and John and Andrew know the Lord Jesus Christ at this moment. And that's what's perplexing. Because of how quickly they decide to follow Jesus Christ. And these guys are in the sea on their boats and they're fishing. They're doing their profession. I want you to imagine whatever your profession is, doing that one day, one normal day. And a man comes in and he says to you, follow me and I'm going to change your life. Follow me and whatever you're doing now, you're going to do the same thing only on a spiritual level. Because that's what he says to the fishermen. From now on, you're going to be fishers of men. And there's no questions. There's no confusion. There's no dialogue that goes on here. It's just they leave their nets. They leave their boat. They leave their profession. The two other brothers leave their father in the boat, and they follow Jesus Christ. And I've wondered, how could they do such a thing? And why would they do such a thing? I don't know what your nature is like, as far as following people, following the crowd, or not following the crowd. I I have always been this sort of character that did not want to do what the masses were doing, and I don't really know why. But I've always been that character ever since I was young, that if a lot of people were doing something, I didn't want to do it. And I know that sounds very strange, and I don't really know the reasons, only that I thought, if everyone's doing it, there must be something wrong with it. And think of the logic behind that. Because generally, most people would say the opposite. If a lot of people are doing it, therefore something must be right about it. But I've always been the opposite. I never had any school spirit in my high school. Everybody wanted to go to the football games and wanted to have fun at school and hang out at all these school events. And I never did. I didn't want to spend one second longer on school grounds than I had to. I didn't have any school spirit. I didn't go to any football games. I didn't go to any basketball games. I didn't want to be there any longer than I had to. But most of my peers, most of my classmates did. They, they did everything that a normal student would do. And you would go, well, maybe it was just high school. Maybe you didn't like high school. Yeah, perhaps. But that kind of bled into college as well. I went to a, a small campus here in Northeast Pennsylvania. And even though I lived on campus and I, I liked my time there, I didn't have a lot of school spirit there either. They had a lot of social events and things like that. And I remember going to a few of those. It wasn't like I abstained from everything. But I remember having the same mentality that I had in high school, that if everybody was excited about something and wanted to do something, that was like a red flag to me, that something was wrong with that thing. and Or maybe maybe it was not even that profound. Maybe it was simply that I thought I was too cool for school. Maybe it was a pride thing. Maybe it was just, this is how I show people how cool I am by being the Fonzie character and wanting to go the opposite way of everyone else. I don't really know. I haven't really dug at that... To that degree but i've always been the opposite i've always been skeptical of why people want to do what they want to do i'm not the kind of guy that's going to go black Friday shopping I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go to a lot of concerts or sporting events I don't really like to be around a lot of people i don't really like to do what's common and normal that doesn't mean i don't do anything like that i watch sports I'm a sports fan i you know i like shopping in certain <laughs> certain areas of my life mostly online shopping but I don't know. I don't really know. And that's not really the point of what I'm bringing up today. I'm just wondering what makes people tick. What makes people tick to where some people will follow something without much consideration and go, well, that's a popular TV show or that's a popular band or, boy, everybody seems to like this social media or maybe this piece of technology and why shouldn't I have it? I should do exactly as everyone else is doing. And then there's other extreme people where they're going, no, I want to be a minimalist. I want to do what everybody else is not doing. And we would call those people weird or freaks, honestly. Those are probably the people you're thinking about in high school who had all the, the piercings and the tattoos and always wore black and always were secluded, you know, and always sat by the weird people. And you're going, oh, those are the freaks. And I wasn't that kind of person, but I was the kind of person that questioned. I was skeptical. And I'm skeptical of this passage in Matthew 4. And I guess you can look at this two different ways, just like, The old adage of someone who looks at the glass that's half empty or half full. The the people that look at the glass as half full, they're they're optimists. They say life has opportunities and life is full of good things. And the people who look at the glass as half empty are the pessimists. And they say, no, life is full of bad things and I barely have any water in my glass. Well, these people in Matthew chapter 4, Andrew and Peter, follow Jesus again without a dialogue. Jesus says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men and that's all they need to hear. They leave everything and they follow Jesus. And that wasn't just a day. It wasn't like, yeah, okay, today we will. We'll explore this. Whatever you're doing today, we'll do it. And then we'll go back to our lives after this. No, they left their nets and their fishing job indefinitely. And maybe the same day, Jesus goes to another set of brothers and they're in the boat with their father. And Jesus says, follow me. Or it just says he called them. And it says immediately they left their boat and they followed him. Immediately, Both times it has the word immediately. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I love Jesus and I love Christ. And if he said, follow me today, I would do it. But if it was my first interaction with a man and I was first exploring what it meant to be a Christian, I don't do it that quickly. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, I'm the son of God, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to be like, what? I'm going to be very skeptical. I'm not going to jump into that willy nilly because I don't do things I told you my nature is to be skeptical my nature is to not do what other people are doing but it's romantic too in a sense what these young men are doing because these young men do have a sense of who Jesus is they must whether they know you know by practicality of what it means to follow Jesus or who Jesus is I don't know but they know something in their spirit they know who Jesus is in their spirit and I'm sure that was born of God and and they say and they have this understanding that yes, Jesus is worthy to be followed. And they follow him. And my Christian experience was kind of the opposite. I professed Jesus Christ ever since I was young, but I didn't really start following him till age twenty six. And looking at my mentality and, and what I told you about myself, that kind of makes sense. My mom always said that I'm kind of the kind of guy that before jumping into a pool of water, I will I will dip a toe in, I'll test the water and the pH levels. <laughs> The chlorine. I'm not just going to jump in. And my brother was kind of the opposite. My brother would just see a body water and just jump in head first. And that was the kind of difference between me and my brother. My brother would just go, go after things like that. And I would be very skeptical. What's ironic about this passage though, is that you could look at these young men as if they're the crazy ones. You can. And that's one way to look at this passage to go, yeah, what are they doing? What are they thinking? How could they do such a thing? Why would they leave their jobs? That's all lunacy. I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. That's foolish. You guys don't know what you're getting into. Why don't you think about it? Why don't you consider who this man is? Why don't you look at your options? Why don't you go to school? You know, all kinds of things could be brought up to say these are more sensible options. And these are the first disciples. And we're learning Peter's beginning here. Because Peter turns out to be one of those classic, well-loved, well-cherished disciples of Jesus Christ. And this is where he starts. He's in a boat fishing. Jesus calls him and he leaves. And so we have the benefit of hindsight. We can look at this and go, oh, well, Peter made the wise decision. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he must have known it, and he got on the right train. He went the right direction, and good, good job, Peter. But again, I told you there's two different ways to look at this. You could look at this very skeptical, or you can look at this and go, well, what was the other option? And that's what I want to think about for the remaining of our time here today, is going... Peter and Andrew, James and John, follow Jesus Christ. And maybe there's a question mark over why would they do such a thing. But what was the other option? Now, Jesus we know is the Son of God. I believe if you're listening to this, you believe Jesus to be the Son of God. You believe he's the Lord and the Savior of the universe and you've given your life to him. And that's, that's a fantastic thing. And that is the best and most right decision you could possibly make. And this is from a person who is skeptical by nature. I have tasted, I've seen that the Lord is good. I'm all in. And I don't want to go anywhere else. But that was not my journey. I didn't have the journey like Peter and Andrew here. I didn't have the journey like James and John. I worked my way into following Jesus Christ. And honestly, that's shameful because I knew who he was. I knew that he was the Savior. I knew that he was the Lord. And I did, and there would have been me at, at early, my early 20s looking at this passage, and I would have said, why, why would you do that so fast? Why would you follow Jesus so quickly? And why not ask more questions? Why not see who this guy is a little bit? Why not just stick to your jobs? You have a good job. What's wrong with your job? You know, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I've read this passage recently, and now my, my, my perspective has changed on this passage. Now I'm asking questions going, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? follow Jesus Christ? Why would they delay in following him? Why not follow him immediately? And the reason my perspective has changed is because I know who Jesus is. I know him by by fact. I know him by experience. I know him practical, practicality. I know what it is to have Jesus in my soul and therefore I cherish him and I consider him precious. And now my perspective has changed. And I look at this passage, still skeptical, but skeptical on the other side because I'm going What if they didn't follow Jesus? What if they looked at Jesus Christ and said, thanks, but no thanks. And they stuck to their job. They stuck to the profession. They continued to be fishermen. They stayed in the boat. Nothing changed. And they lived their lives. Well, first of all, we wouldn't know who these men were. These men would not have a legacy. They would have lived their life. They would have been fishermen. They would have got a profession, got some money. They would provide for their family to some degree. And then they would die and pass from the earth. Recently, I watched this documentary on the, on the Romanovs. I think I've told you before I like documentaries. I watched this documentary on the Romanov dynasty from Russia, a 300-year span of Romanov Russian rulers. And it goes, in this documentary, it does them all, and it's a really long documentary, but it's, it's quite interesting because it shows you, one after another, what these men were like, and they are all varied and vast, and, and whatever they were is so different than their fathers and the people before them. But I've taken Russian history, and I've, I've heard about the Romanovs before, and still I forgot 90% of them. I forgot their names. And these guys were prominent figures in history. These guys were rulers, rulers of a dynasty, and they were there for 30, 40 years ruling most of them. And yet their legacy is still hanging on, still barely hanging on, based on all that prominence in their background. Well, Andrew and Peter, James and John, if they don't follow Jesus Christ, we'd never hear about these guys they have no legacy. Today, they have an enormous legacy. In fact, their legacy continues to echo because in this passage, all the way back, 2,000 some years ago, they said yes to Jesus Christ. And now I'm looking at this passage skeptical the other way, because I know who Jesus is. I know what he offers us. And I'm wondering, why do people not follow him? Why would anyone delay in following him? Honestly, and that's what I'm going to ask here of the rest of our time is, Why wouldn't you follow Jesus Christ? What's the other option? See, for these guys, the other option was to stay fishermen, stay with their jobs, stay with their families, never change, live a life, leave a small legacy, be forgotten, and that would be it. Today, we have a lot of people that are doing that. Jesus Christ is around, the gospel is around, churches are all over the globe, and there's preachers and pastors proclaiming the truth of the gospel, saying, Jesus Christ can save your soul He can give you eternal hope, eternal freedom, eternal security forever. All you need to do is give your life to him and follow him. And there's still so many people going, no thanks. And the reason they're saying no is because they're looking at their life going, I don't want to give up what I have. I don't want to give up. Following Jesus means I have to give up things. And I don't want to give up things. And I'm skeptical still, only my object has changed. And I'm looking at these people just kind of like I looked at myself in my early 20s going, what's the problem? Why don't you follow Jesus Christ? Those things that you have in your life, are they really that good? Your job, what is it really doing for you? Okay, it's providing for your family right now. Maybe it's giving you a little bit of prominence in your field right now. Maybe you're held in high regard in your profession right now. But what is it going to do for you in an eternity sense? What's it going to do for you beyond the grave? What is your job going to provide for you a hundred years from now? What about your family? What about your hobbies? What about all those things that you give your love and your passion and your energy to? If you don't follow Jesus Christ, here's the, the thing about it that we have to understand is we are following something and someone. And we don't like to think about that. The devil doesn't often let us consider that because it sounds like you either follow Jesus or you don't. No, no. Really what happens is you follow Jesus Christ or you follow something and someone else. And you could flip the story in its end and you could say to these people, Jesus is the Lord, he's the Son of God, here's who he is, here's what he's able to do. You could follow him or you could follow your fishing job and you could stay with your dad and you can get whatever they give you. There's the two options. Follow Jesus Christ or follow your fishing job. And whatever those two things give you, they give you for the rest of eternity. Now, which one do you want? If you put it like that, the story changes and you're going, well, wait a minute. I thought it was either follow Jesus Christ or just remain. No, really what it is is follow Jesus Christ or follow something else. And I don't think that's a that's made, been made aware to a lot of people who are saying no to Jesus Christ. They're thinking they're just abstaining from following something that is potentially good big and cool and powerful and profound. And they're going, well, okay, if I miss out, I miss out. When I was in college, we had the senior trip and everybody on our senior class went to a cruise. And I told you, I don't know why I was this way, but I remember not wanting to go because everybody wanted to go. Everybody was excited about the cruise and therefore I wasn't excited about the cruise. And I don't know, again, I don't know why I'm built that way, but I remember my friends and my, my cousin, there trying to talk me into going on the cruise saying, you're going to miss out. This is going to be the trip of a lifetime. I can't believe you don't want to go. And I, I stuck my ground and I, you know, dug my heels in and said, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. And I didn't go. And they had a blast. And it's obvious because it's a cruise and it's, it's all your peers and your friends. Why wouldn't you go on the cruise? And I remember thinking, oh man, maybe I should have gone, you know, and how stupid that was. Why didn't I go? Why didn't I want to go on the cruise? And it was like, okay, I missed out on fun. But you know, life kind of throws you more opportunities, right? It's like, if you miss a cruise, there'll be another trip. If you miss a trip with these friends, there'll be another trip with different kinds of friends. If you don't marry this girl, there's going to be another girl. If you don't go on this, there'll be another thing, another opportunity. And that's kind of how people look at Jesus Christ going, if I don't follow Jesus Christ, at least I got all this stuff. And if he's really cool and really profound and really powerful and I miss out, it's going to be a bummer, but it's not going to be devastating. But you and I, I told you, have the benefit of hindsight. We have the benefit of hindsight to know what would have happened to Peter, Andrew, James, and John if they would have said no to Jesus Christ. And I don't just mean for their lives. I mean based on the doctrine of the Word of God. If they would have said no to Jesus Christ, then you can zoom forward, pass their lives into eternity, standing on Judgment Day, when the Son of God could vouch for their souls and could say to them, I've forgiven their sins, I died for them, I've saved them, they followed me, And I've allowed them entrance into the kingdom of God. But because you rejected me, you made your choice. You have what you have and you don't have me. You remained fishermen. You stayed fishing and you got money and you provided for your families and you had a good life on the earth and it was a momentary blip in time. And now you have nothing because you chose to follow something else. You chose to follow someone else. And that's really what we're talking about today. That if you don't follow Jesus Christ, it's not like you're just missing out on something cool. It's that you're making a choice to give your life away to someone who's not the Lord, to someone who's not the Son of God, to someone who cannot save your soul, to something that will not vouch for you at Judgment Day before a holy God. Family memories, your job, Your friends, your hobbies, your Netflix shows, whatever you want to look at, whatever you're choosing over Jesus Christ, whatever keeps you from his church, whatever keeps you from really following him is your Lord. And I say that because I was there and I'm looking back at myself at age 25 saying I wasn't just missing out on having a cool Lord. I had a horrible Lord. My Lord was myself and my time, and my sports, and my friends, and those lords were bad lords because they could not help me profoundly. They could not save my soul. They could not give me eternal hope and security and joy. They could not give me entrance into the kingdom of God. But the Lord Jesus, although he demands a lot, gives back a thousandfold. Versus what he asks from us. And I think that's what we need to wrap our minds around today. Going, why would I follow this Jesus? Or, or why can't I just make up my own version of Christianity? Why can't I just follow him when it's convenient? Follow him when I want to. And then I kind of mesh that with the stuff that I want from this world. You know, and I'll kind of custom make a Lord. Going, I have Jesus. He's there. He's, he's in the mix. But I also have the stuff that I want. Why does it have to be all or nothing? Well, you have to remember those are Jesus' terms. Those aren't my terms. Those aren't any pastor's terms. Jesus is the one that said, follow me. He said, renounce everything. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Those are actually Jesus' words. Those are his terms to following him. So if you don't do that, you don't follow him. And if you don't follow him according to what we're saying today, then you follow something else. It's not that you don't have a Lord. It's that you have a Lord who's not the son of God. You are renouncing everything. You are picking up your cross. You are following something and someone. It just doesn't happen to be anyone who can help you. And I don't know if this is making sense today. I'm going to be honest. This sounds a little jumbled as I speak about this today. But it resonated in my mind as I thought about this passage going, why would they follow Jesus so immediately? so quickly with no discussion, with no dialogue, just jump out of their boats, give up their profession, leave their dad and follow Jesus Christ for the rest of their lives. Why? And now I'm completely get it. I I understand. And I'm going, wow, how wise were they? How smart were they to go? Well, fishing can't do that for me. My dad can't save my soul. I won't have a legacy if I don't follow Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came down from heaven. He's the son of God And if I have him, I have everything. And if I don't have him, I'm stripped of everything. And I just want to leave that with you. I just want to leave that thought with you today to say, what are the choices you're making today? The choices you're making today are not neutral. Don't let the devil tell you that your choices today are neutral or organic and you're just going with the flow. You're not. You're either choosing the Lord Jesus Christ or you're choosing a false Lord. You're choosing a Lord who cannot help you. And the devil blurs that and makes it think like, no, okay, even if he is cool, we'll figure that out. Although we're really skeptical if Jesus is who he says he is. But even if he is, there's going to be another Lord. There's going to be another salvation. There's going to be another kingdom. There's going to be another cool thing you can experience. And he's lying because the reality of scripture says, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you have nothing. You have nothing. You have no Lord. You have no salvation. You have no forgiveness. You have no eternal hope. You have no eternal life. You have nothing. And before we can follow Jesus Christ, we have to come to the conclusion of who he said he is, what he said about himself, how important he is to our soul. And therefore we have to say like Peter and Andrew and James and John, I will follow you no matter what because I cannot imagine having anybody but you being my Lord and my Savior. I hope you understand what I'm talking about today. I hope you understand the value of Jesus Christ to your soul. And I hope you understand that the choices you're making today are defining what you are. Whatever you're choosing today, whatever choices you make today are going to be carried with you into eternity. If it's not Jesus, then who is it? If it's not the Savior and the Lord and the God of the universe, then who is your Savior? Who is your Lord? And where will you be at Judgment Day? And where will you be following Judgment Day? I pray that you'd think about these things today and you'd consider Jesus and you'd consider having your perspective changed to look at his great worth and say, it's obvious, it's obvious. I have to have the Son of God. I have to have the Lord of the universe. I have to have the King of Kings vouching for my soul at Judgment Day. Otherwise, I am completely undone. I have no legacy. I will be dead and forgotten. I will be buried and I will be burned because I rejected the only true Lord of the universe and I remained in my sins. Guys, that's not an option. If you understand anything about scripture, it's not an option to reject Jesus Christ and to have any sort of future. And I pray that you think about this today and I pray you consider your choices today and you look to Jesus with a fresh energy today and say once again, or for the first time, I'm yours and I mean it and I will follow you no matter what that looks like, because I want you as my Lord and my Savior for the rest of eternity. I thank you for listening. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.